Blessed be the name. If you're blessed, give God some praise. If you know you're blessed. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Would you stand now and turn with me in your Bibles? Matthew chapter 16. I'm sorry, Matthew chapter 28, verse 16. 17, 18, and 19, 20. As we have, uh, of course, been focused on the resurrection of Jesus Christ and uh, how we continue to celebrate the fact that our Savior is risen. Our Savior is risen. Our Savior is risen. There, there ought to be implications of his rising even in our own hearts, in our own spirits. The way we go about our day-to-day -day activities ought to be a reflection of the joy that you have because your Savior is alive. Amen? Amen. If, you, if it looks like you're having a bad day, just remind yourself, but I still serve a risen Savior. He's in the world today. I know that. Anyway, let me not. And so, and so while we celebrate that reality, that reality uh, when Jesus rose and uh, after he had shown himself to Mary and she went and told his brothers, his disciples, um, that he is risen and that he wants to meet them and not just wants to, has directed them to meet him in Galilee. And so I want to just deal with this scenario, this Galilee experience. So in chapter 28, Gospel of Matthew, beginning in verse 16, are you there? Now the 11 disciples went to Galilee to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, King James says, and lo, I am with you, how long? Always, even to the end of the age. God bless you, you may have your seats Eternal God, our Father, we ask afresh that you would speak to us in such a way that we don't leave the way we came. We thank you, Father, for the written, spoken, and living word of God. Have your way in this place, and may you be glorified as we are edified that we might evangelize this dark world. In the name of Jesus, we pray and praise you. Amen. 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 Well, it's, it's all over now as it relates to Jesus' mission for having come to earth. His miraculous birth, his um, living among humanity his growing in stature and wisdom, his miracle working, his words, his raising of the dead, his unstopping deaf ears and opening stammering tongues, even opening blinded eyes. His ultimate and consummate death on the cross. Uh, 
have all gone have all gone as he had prophesied or as others had prophesied about him. Uh, Jesus was was on a mission not only to do those things, but to do those things and other things uh, in harmony with what had already been predicted thousands of years prior that the Messiah would do. He has validated and has been validated by his father, by the raising him up on the third day from the grave. What happened on that third day was God giving to Jesus and to us even more so the receipt that the payment that had been made for my sins and yours was paid in full. It is finished. And, uh, and I don't want to rush past that reality right now uh, because uh, uh, there are many people uh, who are still under the illusion that you can work for your salvation. There is nothing, there is nothing that you nor I can do to become saved in and of ourselves. Either we have an over-exaggerated view of who we are, or we have an under-exaggerated view of how powerful sin is. Yeah, sin was, is, and was so powerful uh, that it took a perfect lamb uh, to satisfy uh, the, the requirements, the, the standards uh, that our God and our Father has set in terms of what it would cost to resolve it. And so throughout human history, uh, God gave opportunities already knowing that that humanity would come short of 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 paying the price he he allowed the Jews to engage in the this system of sacrifices and they would bring sacrifices to the temple on a regular basis bringing the sacrifices to the high priest who would slaughter the animal and that would atone temporarily uh, for the sins of the one who brought it. But the reality was, and still is, uh, that no amount of human activity uh, can yield the divine result that Jesus Christ uh, has brought to the table. And so rather than uh, trying to... Um, trying to afford our own salvation, uh, what, what, what God would have us to do is to receive the salvation that Jesus Christ died and paid for uh, and pay him back by living out our salvation. Becoming disciples of Jesus Christ uh, is the ultimate reason why God has left us here on planet Earth. And so now Jesus has already been resurrected at the time of our text. He has already appeared to Mary Magdalene and has already instructed her to instruct his disciples uh, not only who to meet, but where to meet. Go and tell my disciples to meet me in Galilee. In one text he says, go and tell my disciples and Peter. Um, to meet me in Galilee. You see, Jesus uh, left uh, no one behind. But, but I hear you saying, yeah, but what about Judas? Well, yeah, what, what Jesus did with Judas, what God did with Judas, and what God does for anybody that chooses to go to hell uh, is uh, if you decide that you want to live life without God, God being the perfect gentleman that he is will allow you to live eternally without him. At the end of the day, my brothers and my sisters, that is hell. To live life without the presence of Jesus Christ is hell. 
And so Judas chose to go to hell because Judas chose to try and solve his own problems his own way. You recall that both Judas and Peter both failed Jesus. Judas, of course, betrayed him by handing him over, right, to, to the enemies of Jesus who ultimately took him to the cross. But even that offense was forgivable had Judas gone to Jesus rather than taking his own life. I might throw, it in, throw in parenthetically, he didn't go to hell because he took his own life. He went to hell because he never believed that Jesus was indeed the Savior. That ought to be some good news for somebody here who knows of someone who, who has taken their own life. Mental illness is, is, is pervasive and it, it, has, it has plagued communities for eons. But the scripture is clear Whoever is in Christ is saved securely. But that's a whole nother sermon. But now about this meeting that Jesus is having with his disciples. And if you read the whole of Matthew chapter 28, you will get more insight about this, about this time. But because of, of the brevity of time and the and the immenseness, the immensity of this passage, I want to just focus on these four verses. And, and I found myself really preaching the same text for, I don't know, almost every year that I have been in pastoral ministry. And it seems that the more I preach it, the more people put their hands over their ears so as not to engage in these clear instructions of our master. He's, he's, uh, he's made it clear what his expectations of his disciples are. And uh, if we are not so engaged in what he has charged and challenged his disciples to be and to do, uh, then we should just stop calling ourselves disciples. Let's just say we are, we're friends of Jesus. Let's just say we, we, we like the idea of Jesus, but we don't want to yield ourselves unto his program. Well, I'm not here to make you upset, but if the text makes you upset, then so be it. Now, the 11 disciples went to Galilee. And I asked myself the question, why did he have to meet them in in Galilee. What, what was it about Galilee? I mean, we've, we've heard over and over about Galilee throughout Jesus' ministry. That, that often was his headquarters uh, uh, of his ministry operations. He performed miracles in Galilee. He, he pronounced uh, 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 words, uh, life-changing words in Galilee. He, he did amazing things in Galilee, but, but why was it necessary to meet with them now? Well, there's at least three reasons why, and, and this is not the message per se, but I just wanted to give us these things so we can kind of think about it. Number one, uh, uh, he met with them in Galilee because of the fulfillment of prophecy. Okay. Jesus uh, was committed, dedicated, and sold out to making sure that everything he did lined up with what had already been said he was going to do. I like that about Jesus because what it does is uh, it gives us confidence uh, in the whole of God's word. See, the fact that, 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 that prophecy has been proclaimed and fulfilled gives us confidence that this word can be trusted. Fulfillment of prophecy. He, he, he told his disciples to meet him there after resurrection, and, and, and this was seen as a fulfillment of of the prophecy in Matthew chapter 26, verse 32, where Jesus, where the Bible says, but after I am raised up, I will go before you to Galilee. And so even before he was crucified, he 
prophesied that when he's raised up, I am going to meet you in where? In Galilee. But secondly, not only because of the fulfillment of prophecy, but because of a reaffirmation of faith. After Jesus' crucifixion, his disciples were understandably devastated and confused. And so meeting with Jesus in Galilee would have been a powerful reaffirmation of their faith and a confirmation that everything that Jesus had taught them was true. This would have been uh, especially meaningful in Galilee where many of the disciples had their first encounter with Jesus. So Galilee was, was important because of the fulfillment of prophecy, because of the reaffirmation of faith, but even because it was where he had commissioned the disciples. Even in the text we're studying right now, this was the place that Jesus chose to launch the disciples' ministry. And you will recall now that in the book of Acts, it was these disciples, these 11, with another one that would ultimately be added that were the, 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 the vehicles that ushered in the church at her, at her birth. So, so there was a very strategic reason for meeting in Galilee. So then, so then what, what we find in this passage in, in, in Matthew 28 is Jesus called a meeting, uh, and there were four things that I want us to just focus on, and then we'll be done for the, for, for, for the morning worship. When the text, the text says, now the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. Jesus had directed them. And, and so what we find first and foremost is uh, that Jesus had uh, a designated place. And his designated placed place must be our priority. How dare we uh, hear that Jesus wants to meet with us uh, in some designated place uh, and we have to decide whether or not we're going to show up? You ever had an appointment with somebody to meet you at a particular place at a particular time and you were there and you were waiting and uh, you were waiting? And you're watching your watch, and you're looking at the clock, and you're waiting. And finally, you pick up the phone and, 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 and call and say, hey, uh, I thought we were meeting at this particular place. And they say something to the fact, oh, man, I, I forgot. Oh, man, you know, I got confused. Oh, I, I, just, I, just, I just didn't feel like it. The reality is, is that any excuse will do because what they are really saying is I didn't value the, 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 the time, opportunity and privilege to meet with you enough to make sure I was there at the designated place. Or, or, or what if, what if, what if, what if, because, because I believe that all of us understand now that, uh, that Sunday mornings, uh, uh, the designated place to meet with the Lord is where? Yeah, it's, at, it's in the church, it's in the building. The church gathers uh, in the church house. That's the designated place. People that are not even saved understand that. But um, where are your friends today? Are they at the designated place? Isn't it amazing how, uh, and, and I'm not suggesting that anytime you're, you miss on a Sunday, that's a blasphemous experience. All of, can, nobody can be at church every time the door opens, although we ought to make it a practice to at least try. But, but do you know somebody who doesn't even have it on their radar? 
Do you know people that don't even have meeting with the Lord at his designated place on their agenda at all? And what they will often say is, I don't have to be at the church house to to worship God. And they are right. God is spirit. He's he's, he's spirit. He He is everywhere at the same time. But when the spirit says, I want to meet you in the church house, he's, he doesn't give any options. He doesn't give any opportunity for negotiation, debate, or discussion. He said with crystal clarity, I want to meet my disciples at Galilee. Now, if you're my disciples, then you show up at my designated place. You don't get the option. To say, yeah, I heard what you said, but, but I don't want to meet at your designated, designated place. I want you to meet me at my designated place. Meet me at my house, not at your house. And I think one of the things that has happened to us, of course, this was, uh, this was happening pre-pandemically. But certainly as a result of the pandemic. Um, emphasis on physical attendance has diminished worldwide. Worldwide. I was in London, England preaching three weeks ago. And as phenomenal as the ministry is there, Pastor, the pastor, Pastor Dr. Shadrach said, that, 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 you know, the pandemic has had, has taken its toll on the church. People have looked for and found a reason, a loophole to stop coming to the sanctuary. Obviously, I'm not talking about you because you're here. But I think we've, the enemy has, has convinced us that you can get at home what you get in person. And, and it's, not, it's not anything about the quality of the preaching. I pray that the, that's always high. It's not about the quality of the music. That's always what it is. But there is a dynamic in fellowship. There is a synergy. There is, and listen, there's a reason why uh, when a football team uh, or a basketball team, but football for sure, um, when they are huddling, there's a reason why everybody who's on offense huddles together, everybody who's on defense huddles together, because that's the only way you can guarantee that everybody knows the same play at the same time. How can you know what play we're going to run if you don't show up to the huddle? I've never heard of a player that said, you know what, coach, I'm going to just watch from home. Or I'm going to just sit in the stands with everybody else and I'll try to figure out what play y'all are running. It is ridiculous to even conceive such, and yet when our brothers and our sisters, not only here at Judson, but at Liberty, at Great Amount This, at at New Pleasant That, at at any place where there is a designated, where the place is a designated house of worship, when people decide for themselves that I don't have to worship in the sanctuary, You are refuting what Jesus has said in Matthew chapter 28. And so I've I've given up trying trying to fuss and fight and all of that. I just pray and I leave that in the hands of the Lord because that's that's above my pay grade. It is is not mine to, to try to make you show up. If I got to make you, look, if I got to make somebody go and and visit their parents. You know, so the designated place must be our priority, not our option, our priority. And when something is your priority, you you make plans to be there. 
You make provisions to be there. You, you, of course, I got to be honest. I don't do like I did when I was a kid. I don't lay out my clothes on Saturday night like I did when I was 12. But I do start thinking about Sunday morning before Sunday morning comes. My mind is already made up of where I'm going to be come Sunday. Now, if I get sick, if something happens, I can't control that. But as for my mind, my heart, uh, it's already here. I wish I had somebody in this house. My, my, I'm already, when I leave here Sunday, I'm already looking, looking forward to the next Sunday. And it's not because I'm the preacher or the pastor. I've had that mindset for at least the last 30 some odd years. Fact about it, when I was a kid, I don't know if I've told you all about this or not, but I had this drug problem. I told y'all about that? Well, I'm going to tell you again. I had this drug problem. And I just discovered that, that there was something about the house of the Lord, you know, because the drug problem I had was that my mama drugged me to church. My daddy drugged me to church. See, it still got somebody. That's why I tell it. Next Sunday when I tell it again, just act like you've never heard it. Anybody else had a drug problem? Come on now, be honest. You ain't got to. Yeah. And I'm going to tell you right now, I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful that my parents prioritized for me. They didn't ever ask me, uh, Terry, you want to go to church today? The designated place, place must be our priority but 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 secondly secondly not only must the designated place be our priority the designated person must be our passion well now that requires me to let you know who the designated person is notice that the bible says the 11 disciples went to galilee to the mountain to which jesus had directed them and when they saw who? Him. Who's the him? When they saw Jesus, they worshiped him. Something happens when you see Jesus. You remember when Jesus was, was, was a newborn? And uh, those wise men, the magi as they call them, um, came from the east looking for Jesus. They followed the star. And the star stopped above the house where the baby Jesus was. And the Bible says when they, they saw the star, they stopped. And they, the Bible says, and, and with exceedingly great joy, uh, they were worshiping God even before they got into the house. Oh, God, I, I, I would love to have been, have been the pastor of that church at that time where, where, where folk don't wait until they get in to hear the praise team to shout, where people don't wait until the Bible is opened to shout, but just the notion of being in the same space with the Jesus Christ of Nazareth caused them before they opened the door, before the ushers opened the door, before the, the, the greeters met them on the parking lot, before the parking lot ministry told them where to park, they were already shouting. What am I looking at or talking to anybody who, who, who just the, the notion of going to the house of the Lord uh, created such a, 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 a well of worship within your own spirit? I can't wait to get inside. Cause, cause, not because I want to see pastor. Not because I want to see praise team. Not because I want to see my brothers or sisters, even, even though I want to see all of that. But even more than that, I want to see Jesus. I'm coming here to see Jesus. I'm not coming here to see what kind of outfit you're wearing. I'm, I'm not coming to see what color hat you got on to see if your belt matches your shoe. I'm coming to see Jesus. Oh, God. Oh, I want to see him. Look upon his face. That is seen forever of his amazing grace. On the streets of glory, let me lift my voice. Cares all past, home at last, ever to rejoice. I'm going to tell you something. If you're going to heaven, 
You, 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 you're going to get to see a whole bunch of folk. You're going to get to see Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. You, you're going to get to see David and Solomon and, and the like. You're going to get to see Matthew, Mark, Timothy, and John, and even the Apostle Paul. Oh, but, but, but they will pale in comparison. Oh, God, to my Savior. They, they pale in comparison uh, to the life-giver king. I want to see Jesus. And, and, and I want to see him in the fullness of his glory. I want to bow down at his feet. I want to throw crowns at his feet. I want to see him. Paul said in Philippians 3.10, I want to know him in the power of his resurrection, in the fellowship of his suffering. But I'm going a step beyond Paul. I don't just want to know him. I want to see him. I want to see the one who died for me. I want to see the one uh, who was buried for me. I want to see the one uh, who got crowns of thorns uh, smashed into his skull. I want to see him. I really do. I, 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 I got a daddy that just went there. I want to see daddy. But more than I want to see daddy, I want to see my father. Got grandparents there I want to see. Got cousins. Got, got, got mother in love over there. I want to see them all. But I want to see Jesus. I want to see. I want to see Jesus. Oh, I want to see him. So he's a designated place and he is the designated person. And the Bible says, and when they saw him, they worshiped him. There, there was no praise leader. There was no, there was no bulletin, no programs. There was none of that. They just, it, it wasn't scheduled. They just, when they saw him, worshiped him. They worshiped him. I don't know what that worship looked like, but I know one thing. It, it, it had to have looked different. Um, they had to have a different look after they worshipped him or as they worshipped him, uh, then they looked before they worshipped him. There, there is a clear sign and indication uh, of a person when they are worshipping the Lord. There's a look on the face. There's, a, there's the ability to block out everybody else and worship him. What, what does it take for you to worship him? What do you have to have? What are your must-haves in order for you to get in the worship mood? <laughs> you got to hear your song. You got to hear the right beat. You got to have the right translation. What do you need to worship him? Sometimes people, they move from church to church, you know, as if to suggest, I can't worship him here. I got to worship him there. Well, what there makes worship more accessible? What, what hinders you from worshiping him, from ascribing his worth? Because worshiping him ought not have anything to do with any other entity other than him. This designated person must be our passion. What are you passionate about? Who are you passionate about more than you are Jesus? Who gets you more excited? Who, who do you spend more money on? Who, 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 who are you more unashamedly you, you ever notice how when you have when you see somebody that you really love and you haven't seen them maybe for a little while when you see them it evokes a response when 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 my wife goes to work and 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 either I pick her up or she comes home it evokes something in me I'm not just saying that because she's right here I'm saying that for truth it makes something happen. It, it stirs something up. I see that smile and all of that, and I know that she belongs to me and I belong to her. It does something to me. 
And so we, I, have to, I have to show some, I got to show something when I see her. But I promise you this, as much as I love seeing her, as much as I appreciate the affection we share when we see one another, that ain't nothing compared to when I see him. Oh, my God. I, see, and what we've got to learn to stop doing is putting everybody else on the same level or even a higher level than we put Jesus. How you going to get all excited about the Lakers? Anybody watch the game last night? How you going to be hoarse today because you were screaming for the Lakers? Come to church and fold your arms. Make me say something. Come on. Come on now. I'm not anti-Laker, but I am also pro-Lord. Designated place, designated person, but then thirdly, there's a designated purpose. Verse 18, Jesus says, go therefore, well, he said in 17, he says, all power has been given me in heaven and earth, therefore. Now, notice the therefore comes after the pronouncement that he has all power. So, obviously, there is a connection between his power. Really, the word translated is translated power. That word is authority. So, it says, so he's saying, look, I've got the right. I've got the authority to make demands. Based on the fact that I've just died for you. I'm just getting up from the grave. So, so, so I've earned the right to tell you what to do. To tell you where to be. To tell you what your agenda is. He's got that right. I need you to say amen right there. Yeah, he's got the right. Just like your parents, when you were living in their house, the ones who are responsible for your being here, for your being, uh, and your being in that house, their house, they had the right to tell you when to go to bed, what to wear, how, what you can eat, uh, what, uh, all of that. That was under their purview until you got old enough that they could entrust you with some stuff. I bet you not a person in this house said to your parents when you were a kid, yeah, I, I heard you say, uh, <laughs> I heard those instructions, but I don't really believe in that. I want to see the person who said that to your parents. You five years old, you seven years old. Some of y'all like me wouldn't even say it today. And yet, we got the nerve to tell Jesus what we're not going to do. All authority has been given me in heaven and on earth. Therefore, do what? Go. Now, let me just tell you this. Uh, grammatically, hermeneutically, the science of interpretation, all of that, that we put the emphasis on go. It's not where the emphasis is. The emphasis is on make disciples. Okay? Matthew 28 verses, verses 18, 19, and 20 are all about our God-given purpose, which is to make disciples. Our jobs as disciples ourselves is to do what? Make disciples. 
So if I'm not in the disciple-making business, I'm not in the God business. Golly, we overcomplicated. It is not complicated. Make the, 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 look, if you work for Ford Motor Company, I don't care what department, I don't care what, what, what skill you got. Uh, uh, if you work for Ford, what is your job? To make Fords, to make cars or SUVs or trucks or tracks or whatever they make. That's your job. And people who get hired at Ford understand that, that you're being hired to make contributions to the company that result in them making and selling more Fords. So if I'm a disciple of Christ, or if I desire to be a disciple of Christ, a follower of Christ, a learner of Christ, then I need to understand that my life has to become one that is consumed with making disciples. If I work for a hospital, my, my, my job, if I'm the janitor in the hospital, if I'm the CEO, my job is to make people well. Don't succeed every time. But that's my job. That's my goal. Everything related to the hospital ought to be uh, to make people well. What is our jobs? It's to make disciples. To make, look, to become a disciple and then to reproduce what we are. But now that requires some thinking and some praying. More than that, it requires some obeying. And, 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 and many of us shut off or shut down at that moment. When you hear make disciples, you already say, okay, well, he's talking to them. Oh, yeah, that's for them over there. Well, unless the them are saved and you are not, it includes you too, brother. So he says make disciples, but then he gives us the three ways to do it. And the, the three participles are go, um, baptize, and teach. Go, meaning the disciples very seldom will jump in your boat. If, if you fashion, if you fashion uh, 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 souls to fish, right? Um, uh, you know, our job is to go fishing. Now, I ain't never been fishing, I got to be honest. I've never been fishing, never caught a fish that I can remember, but I've seen it happen. And, um, and I've seen that when you fish, you, you got to have some bait. I, is that, am I, who had a fisherman in the house? Okay, two of y'all, three. Okay, three fishermen. Do you use bait? Uh-huh. Do you adjust the bait depending on what type of fish you're trying to catch? You do? Okay. So you can't catch the same, you can't catch all fish with the same kind of bait. You got to adjust the bait. Yeah. So, so part of our jobs as fishing for men is to understand that, that we have to have the right bait. If you want you know, um, uh, fish that kind of come close to the shore, you know, that requires one kind of bait. I don't know what kind, but I'm, I'm pretty sure that that's, you know. But then if you want, like, what's the best kind of fish, like red snapper? I'm asking, I don't know. What's the best kind of fish to catch? Bass? 
I'm just showing out because I, I know these names. Grouper, trout, perch. All right, yeah. So I'm talking about what are the kind of fish that's way kind of in the deep? Sea bass? Uh-huh. So what do you use to catch sea bass? Well, since you said it, what, what do you catch? Man, you didn't been all out in the water and everything. You don't. Yeah. Theo said, I, I catch the menu at the restaurant. That's what I catch. Um, there's a certain kind of bait that you have to use in deep sea fishing that you don't use when you're just standing on the pier at Santa Monica. But you got to think through that before you get there. You don't get in the deep sea and say, uh, all I have is trout bait. Okay? So we got to think through what kind of bait uh, will allow us to catch, to catch the various fish. There, there's, there's, like, there's some fish who are in this room right now. You're not saved, but somehow we got you in the house. Somebody invited you here. All right, so, so that's one level of bait. But then there's somebody on the outside that ain't, that's never been to church, right? So then that's a whole different kind of bait. Then there's some folk that's just anti-church or anti-Christ. It's a whole different level of bait. I'm saying uh, we've got to become strategic in our going. We've got to be, first of all, willing to go. And then secondly, we've got to be equipped to go. What we like to do is sit in or on the boat, suggesting this building is the boat, and wait for the fish to jump in the boat. Talking about I've been fishing. Talking about I'm, I'm, I done been fishing. Look at what I caught. No, you didn't catch the fish. The fish caught you. Then the boat. I, I was in the office this week sometime. And uh, 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 there were some ladies in here and all of that. And uh, 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 one of the ladies I didn't know uh, was in here. And, and I met her. And I asked if, I don't know how I asked it, but I ended up asking her if she was saved. And she wasn't quite sure, but, you know, she knew of Jesus and all of that. She certainly, her family background and dynamic suggested she, and, 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 and so, you know, I, um, I pressed her a little bit and, and ultimately shared Christ with her. Here's the point, though. Here's the point. I had to have had some bait with me. I had to have had some equipping already happening. I couldn't, I couldn't wait in that moment to say, hold on, let me run to my office and get my Bible. Are you ready to share Christ with somebody today? Are you ready to leave here right now and share Jesus Christ with somebody? And if the answer is no, then the question is why? Because here's the thing. The enemy has complicated us, complicated our minds to make us believe that we got to be so deep and so well-versed, you know, we got to be some Bible-thumping, Scripture-quoting, whatever. And I'm not knocking that. It's good to quote Scripture and all that. But, but let me tell you something. Has anybody ever recommended uh, a, a movie for you to go see? Or have you ever recommended a movie for somebody to go see? Did you know all aspects of the movie? Who the producer was? Who the, who the writer was? Who the gaffer was? Who was the best boy? Who was the, the, the lighting person? Did you know all of that? Chances are no. You just knew this was a movie that moved you. So much so that you say, hey, man, you got to go see this movie. We're looking at my ashy hand. You, you, got to, you got to be able uh, or more so willing uh, to just tell somebody uh, about the Jesus that saved you. You don't have to know everything. Uh, just do you know what he's done for you? I wish I had somebody. Is there anybody here with a testimony? That at least you know what he's done for you. 
I'm looking for one or two witnesses right now. Because what, what, what happens to us is uh, our stories get so old and stale uh, that we think they are no big deal. But the enemy wants to keep you mute. He wants to keep you quiet uh, uh, regarding your salvation. But if, in fact, the Lord has brought you out of darkness into the marvelous light, if, in fact, uh, somewhere in your history, somebody loved you enough to tell you about a risen Savior who's in the world today and showed you uh, how to get him out of the Bible and into your heart, you ought to be willing and ready. You ought to be able to tell somebody, come see a man who told me everything that I'd ever done. You ought to be willing to go and tell somebody like Andrew did when he went and found Simon. Come see the Messiah. We have found him. Anybody here been impacted by Jesus so much so that you've got to tell somebody. I want to see what the army of the Lord looks like if you are in the Lord's army. If you're on the Lord's side, you ought to stand on your feet. You ought to raise your hand. You ought to look like one of his soldiers. I'm a soldier in the army of the Lord. And I'm ready to tell somebody that's on their way to hell. You ain't got to go to hell. You can be saved. Because if he saved me, if he delivered me, if he rescued me, he can save anybody. I was lost, deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore, very deeply stained within, sinking to rise no more. But the master of the sea heard my despairing cry from the waters. He lifted me, now saved am I. Anybody got a testimony? Anybody got a story? Anybody got a witness? Anybody got a, got a mouth? Open your mouth and be a witness. Open your mouth and be a witness. He died for you. He died for you. How dare we keep our mouths closed? He died for you, but he was raised for you. And we don't have a right to remain silent. We don't have a right to shut up. We've got to go and make disciples. Go and make them. Baptize them. And then teach them the word of God. I'm going to be what he called me to be. Designated place designated person designated purpose and then here's the great news we've got a designated partner the bible says and lo i'm with you not just right now but i'm with you always i've decided that that's long enough my lord and the person of the spirit of god is my partner and whenever I seek to do the will of God, my silent partner gives me the words, gives me the courage, gives me the power. Anybody got the Holy Ghost? Anybody know the Holy Ghost? Anybody got a partner? Then act like it, talk like it, share like it, witness like it. Shout like it, praise like it, worship like it, give God glory like you know that you show sure enough know that the Spirit of God is upon you. He has anointed you to preach the gospel. Go and tell it. We don't have the right to remain silent.
And in this dark world, we are the light. We are the salt. That's for illumination and preservation. That's our jobs. And some of us have been derelict of duty, waiting on somebody else. That's somebody else's job. It's somebody else's job if you're not saved. But if you're saved, if you know the Lord, then it is your duty, it is your purpose to make disciples. You don't have to know Greek, Hebrew, or Aramaic. You, you good knowing what little English you know right now. Who's on your job right now? On their way to hell. Waiting on you to say a word that's going to change their lives. You got coworkers right now. If they die today, guess where they're going if they don't know Jesus? They go to hell. You got family members on their way to hell. If they die today, guess where they end up? Hell. Come on, y'all. This is an open book test. They go to hell. That's not brown, that's Bible. I don't want people I love. I don't even want people I don't love. Or I should say that, I shouldn't say it like that. I don't want people that don't love me to go to hell. I want every person to go to heaven. I want every person I know to know Jesus. That one reason why our world is so jacked up right now. It's because we don't have enough people that know him. We don't have enough people that love him. We don't have enough people that live him. But we can make a difference. We can change the narrative. He's given us that kind of power. And every day we shut up, millions die go to hell I don't have all the stats but I know if you die without Jesus in hell you lift your eyes I'm tired of seeing people go to hell how about you can you, I mean I'm uh, my son used to play t-ball he had a coach and his coach would often say to him, not just to him, but to the team, don't you care anymore? When they were playing, you know, not at their best. Come on, guys, don't you care anymore? I want to ask you, don't you care anymore? Heads about and eyes are closed. Somebody here right now is unsaved. And the good news is, is that you are in an environment that is salvation friendly. Amen. If this were an operating room that, or what do they call it when you're having a baby, LD, labor, delivery, and recovery. LDR, yeah. This is the LDR room right here. It's where we seek to give birth to new babes in Christ. And that is not to insult you. All of us, when we first come to Christ, are babes in Christ. If you're not sure of your own salvation, if you're not sure of your own salvation, you showed up at the right day, on the right day. Um, and I'm not going to put you on the spot. I'm not going to ask you to make any kind of public declaration at this point. 
but I do want you to know that we have people who are able to share with you how you can leave here today knowing that you're saved. Oh my God. And let me tell you something, that is the best, that will be the best decision that you will ever make. The decision to accept Christ. And so uh, I, want, I want Minister Stevens and Minister Baylor, uh, Sarai Baylor, I want them to be on standby. Would y'all just stand so the pe or, yeah, stand so people can see y'all. These two young folks right here, um, if once we have given the, the benediction, um, if you have questions about salvation, I want you to see these two, this young man, this young lady, and uh, they will share with you what you need to know about establishing a relationship with Christ and we pray establishing a relationship with this church. Uh, every Christian needs a church. Every believer needs a pastor. Life is too big to try to live life without a support system. And whatever else we are, we are a support community where you can be you and, uh, and allow God to use your gift, skills, and talents for the further extension of kingdom building business. If you're already saved, but you don't consider yourself to be a disciple yet, you're saved, you invited Jesus to be your savior, but you wouldn't call yourself a disciple yet. Would you be honest and acknowledge that, Pastor? I'm, I know I'm not where I need to be as a disciple. I know I'm not where I need to be as a disciple. Would you be honest? right there because my hand is raised I'm, I know I can be better do better win more souls as a disciple amen I see a few hands praise God for you I want to just have a word of prayer uh, with those of us who are not where we ought to be and uh, so if you're not saved I want you to see I pray that you would see Pastor Baylor Minister Stevens if you are saved but not functioning fully as a disciple you ought to be I'm gonna have a word of prayer um, I don't know who's left <laughs> I don't know what group the other group is in but uh, I'm, I, sur I surmise that you're in one of those other groups you just don't want to acknowledge it and that's fine that is fair that is your right but I want to have a word of prayer with us father in Jesus name you have you saved us because you died for us and you died for us because you love us. And you love us because you created us. And so, Father, we are overwhelmed by your goodness towards us. You have, you have looked at and beyond our faults, our sins, and have exceeded our needs through Jesus Christ. And God... <laughs> We know that we've not lived up to our end of the bargain. We've not been the disciples that you have saved us to be. But God, I thank you that you're such a merciful, loving, forgiving, gracious God. That, that, that even though we fall short, Lord, you keep picking us up. Even though we go down wrong roads, you keep guiding us to the right path. Thank you, God. For, for just your, your heart of love and compassion. And Lord, I pray that for those of us who acknowledge that we're not where we ought to be, Lord, I pray now that you would, that you would lift us higher, that you would work in us even more so. Because, Lord, at the end of the day, all we want to do is please you. Thank you, Father, for those who are unsaved, who I pray will come and speak with the designated uh, counselors regarding their salvation and Lord as we leave this place Father I pray that we will begin to, to even enter into awkward conversations about sharing Jesus Christ and as we do it Father we thank you for the, the partner within us that will give us the right words and the right amount of courage we need 
We thank you and we praise you in the name of Jesus, our Christ. We ask it all and the people of God shout it out loud. Amen. Oh, that wasn't out loud. Come on. They shouted out loud. Amen. God be the glory. Come on. Let's stand up, y'all, and let's go home. Go in grace. Go in peace is our prayer. Make sure you hug your neighbor. Make sure you give your neighbor a high five. I, I certainly am standing down front with my wife to receive uh, those of you who want to speak to the pastor. Go in grace and in peace is our prayer. You are dismissed.